The goal is you give me my needs and I give you your needs and we both fucking happy. Hey, did you just hear that? So do you use your exes as a barometer? Is there any guilt for shining a light on the shortcomings of black organizations and black businesses? How can we not be God? He was like, God forgives, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, do white people forgive? Stop. That's why. Stop it. That's why. I can comment everywhere else except for the reality is paid. I'm just saying. That's a problem. I don't even know what to call it. I had baby rage. I say that. That's the name of the podcast. I don't need a roller derby car coming to pick me up with scuffs and skid marks all on the side. I don't trust you. Be careful saying white people anything to a black person that is not your friend about monkeys, watermelon, and chicken. Don't bring it up. I just had a thought. Hold on. I just pictured the four of us sitting here butt-ass naked. Oh, my God. Like, on today's episode. What they deem ugly. I love all you ugly, beautiful, fat, skinny motherfuckers. Hey, hey. It made me want to jump around like LeBron. Ah, sometimes I feel like we are the greatest motherfuckers doing this shit, man. God damn it, man. Season 14 of the motherfucking podcast. This is episode 291. Two, I think. 292. 292. Because I thought we was on 299. Now, remember, we talked about it when we were on 289, and we were like, it's 290. And I was messing us up. It was 289. I was saying 299. So. I'm Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct, alongside my beautiful co-host. It is just one, the one-two combo for this first episode, the second episode of the season. Um, Frank and Casey will be here. Right. We're going to be doing that today. We're going to get about a 30 to 45 minute episode in with me and Arteza so we can kind of introduce the season and let so you guys. bring it in. Yeah. In the old format. And then explain it to the new. Pick it out from the new. And throughout the season, you'll still get interviews and episodes with me and Artesia exclusively to uh, bring you guys. So we want to, I know a lot of people talked about, will our dynamic diminish, you know, with bringing new people on? Mm-hmm. It won't. I definitely think it'll get better. We brought in two great uh, personalities for the new season. Yeah. You've had the opportunity through the summer to get acclimated with them. We've done several episodes with them. You heard them in the new intro. Hopefully you guys like the intro. Yeah. You know, should. We, gonna, we do. I'm, I'm going to tweak a little bit of it, you know what I'm saying, to make it work. But I want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to motherfucking Spider. He yeah. had that drink. He put his on. He, he said he, you've been jonesing for, for yeah, you know, DJing. Man, it's been over six months. <laughs> I haven't played music for any crowds at all. <laughs> Other than myself, I act. I do the DJing and the partying in my own room at my house. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> I told Artesia when I was talking to her this morning beforehand, I was working out at the house and like I normally do that on Saturdays and Sundays. I'll have a, a playlist that I just kind of go through that I made dance and jump That's around. It's an old school tradition. Like yeah. you can't get away from that. Saturday morning, you got the music playing, cleaning up. Yes. But it's a little different. Smoke. That's what I was just about to say. It's a little different now because <laughs> yeah. I did wake up, you know, I smoked, I had my coffee. And then I, you know, reviewed the notes for the, today's episode, added my own little thing to it. And then. We got going. You went out and you got houses being sold and yeah. doing this and doing that. And and I mean, after the episode, I'm probably going to ask for a dollar because, uh, I mean, <laughs> let me hold some. Yeah. Real shit. You out here getting it. So salute to you for that. Thank you. We've been doing a lot of different shit um, in the meantime, in the between time. So 
season 14, professionalism looks different on us. And we wanted to kind of explain the theme because we've been telling you guys this is kind of where we want to go for season 14 to kind of talk about why professionalism looks different on us. We're not going to get too much into it today. That's something we'll discuss with, you know, our counterparts and other people as we interview and get through the season. But when I speak of that, though, what does professionalism mean to you? See, okay, so I came up in a very traditional sense of professionalism, Mm -hmm. and I'm just now getting to the point where I've put my own spin on it as far as not being on the straight and narrow yeah. of corporate America. Yeah. And so when you came up with this theme, I was like, that's dope because we don't do anything in the traditional sense. We don't. Even and even outside of the podcast. like No. <laughs> and even talking, like, when I thought about it, the first thing I thought about is I know when I worked at Fidelity, Fidelity was one of the first companies that I worked for that literally allowed me to be me Mm -hmm. and not even in a personality sense. Like they let me have my dreads. That's where I, you know, I cut them the first time I started them back there. I cut them because I thought I wouldn't get a job there after not being hired at like other corporate companies like bank of America and other places like that. Mm -hmm. But to be the biggest thing that I think about with professionalism is a lot of times corporate companies want you to talk like them, walk like them and look like them. And the older you get, the harder that becomes. I feel like, for me personally, like in my 20s, I did spend a lot of time, you know, trying to follow the path that was set before me. Yeah. Um, but the older you get, the less you stop caring about certain things. And, and it's harder unhappy. for you. Yeah, you do. And it's harder for you just to sit back and be, and play the role, so to speak. Yeah. It's like you have to like vo- speak up and, um, you know, do things different. For me, I feel like it's a perfect time. I mm-hmm. mean, it is America right now. <laughs> Somewhat is kind of kissing and black companies are ass. welcoming yes. the differences. Yes. And now it's like finally the motherfucking system is catching up to who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had places like even in a couple of town hall means with my job, they've mm-hmm. allowed me to speak candidly. Right. And I'll say that I speak the way I speak on the podcast, just mine is cursed. Do they still try to reel you back in in any kind of way? They, uh, no, not really. I know my manager, he's a great manager. He's a younger guy, but he's a great manager. And the only time he's tried to reel me back in is when I'm, um, matter of fact, through my emails, which is hard for me not to do because not being funny, sometimes when doing business or sending emails to white people, they like to be passive aggressive. And I'm more of a bitch. I will tap you on the nose with this comment. It is. I mean, I don't run from it. I'm going to bring it directly to you. I don't look at it as being disrespectful. I know I had. uh, Passive aggressive is disrespectful. That's what I'm saying. Be a man or a woman and say what and do what you have to do. But I had a coworker make a comment about an email that I sent them and they say, oh, you sent me that old snide ass email. Mind you, they said snide ass email. And I was like, "Uh, but it wasn't being snide. Mm -hmm. I was just stating facts. And And you you didn't like. Yeah, exactly. You didn't like what I was saying. Yeah. And you felt some kind of way about it. So you deemed it as not. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, too. I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because in corporate America, especially in meetings I've been in where it's like the white guys, they cuss all the time. They cuss. They yeah. crack jokes. But the minute but you it, do it. And like, no, no, it ain't even about us cussing. Like you said, the minute that we're direct. Mm hmm. And aggressive, yeah. and we tell them where we stand. They're not used to that. Not even aggressive though, just direct. Yeah, well, but that's that's what they, they see it they as like, it. aggressive. Yeah. yeah, they like to use those words. It's just like I was watching basketball the other day, and um, one of the referees called a foul, mm-hmm. and w- the white guy who was doing the um, play by play calling, he was like, "Hey, that you know, it was aggressive. It was a heinous mm-hmm. act." And and Mark Jackson was like, no, hold on now. I'm so glad we have that representation. Yeah, he was like, let's put it into context. He was like, I mean, those are some strong words to say. It was, he's like, he slapped him. He brought his hand down through his arm. He was like, it was a hard file. Right. And the guys didn't agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, not being funny, and that's important. And I was talking to a friend on Monday, 
he's a police officer here in, in Dallas. And I asked him a few questions about like what made him get into being a police officer. And he talked about how being unemployed and he saw how he wanted to change the system from a small, even if it's from a smaller perspective, it's putting representation like us in these, in these places Mm -hmm. and in these spaces. And his best friend is an attorney. So it's like they decided or chose to tackle the legal system Mm -hmm. to better and give opportunities to people to look like us. And like I told him, I said, that's the reason I do media because media allows us to control the narrative. And also put out factual statements of how black people truly feel, not someone who has been paid off or not someone who's looking for, you know, 15 minutes of fame and they're willing to to embellish the truth Mm -hmm. to make themselves look better. I think that's good. I feel like a lot of times people go in with the best of intentions. Yeah. um, But because the system has been designed the way it is, I feel like there's always a ceiling that you hit. And then and, and like for me, like I made who knows where the company will be in five to 10 years. But the good thing about it is nobody can tell me what the fucking say, because I am not being paid by anyone to be on their platform and none of that other shit until what? No, I was just going to say until you hit that mark where you start getting hit with those lawsuits, that's going to be the, I'm actually going to enjoy that part. Why would you enjoy me getting sued? No, not you. I'm saying the company, because you know, at that point, you know that you're doing something that's bucking against the system. I guess, man, I ain't no. looking for no losses. Just no. disagree with me. No, but it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I don't people don't understand. People get oh, know, sued all the time, right? Yeah, they'll be like uh, libel. But see, when I went to school, I studied, you know, Go libel ahead, and all of that shit. To where it's like I know what I can and can't say. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, if I have factual statements and I can back that shit up, mm-hmm. then bitch, you're getting it. Right? You can sue all day. And so that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's, that's what. Well, I, I welcome those, but I ain't. Yes. Really, I ain't got no money to be getting sued. <laughs> I just be in debt for my the rest of my life. Not like that. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure. Episode two ninety ninety or two ninety one was the reaction. Um, I hope my my father hears this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the reaction to that episode. Let me say that again. Oh yeah, you were very vulnerable in that one. The reaction to the episode of I hope my father hears this. It's been great. Um, I got a lot of homeboys hit me up, and one homeboy in specific, he was saying that. What do you do that for? Why you say it? it's been great. I mean, it has. It's been great, you know, and one of my homeboys hit me up and he was like, hey, man, I, I, I listened to the episode and he's like, thanks for being vulnerable and telling us and letting us into what went on with you and your father. He was like, it's unfortunate because my father passed away last year and I never got to have these conversations with him or make amends with him. The, the thing I try to tell people, you were at the dinner when I talked to my brother about how he could possibly better his relationship with my father Mm -hmm. and like I tell people all the time what makes it easy is I went into it without any expectation and I still don't have an expectation of him being my father I have an expectation of him just being a friend and somebody that I get to know Mm -hmm. and that he gets to know me I'm I I mean that's good that you have the ability to do that it's it's very difficult for some people I know they just fall back into it for me like and and like he's been hitting me up and stuff like that and and he's been consistent since we had the conversation a couple of weeks ago but it's weird because sometimes he'll he'll text me or he'll call me and I'm doing something like I'm busy with the game or I'm doing something and 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 when I look up I'm like I'm ignoring him Mm -hmm. and when I ignore him I'm like well, damn, I mean, should I answer the phone every time like I do my mom when my mom called? And then I started thinking in my head like he hasn't earned that. Right. That right for me to just drop everything and answer. I think the biggest thing is just being open to continuing to see where things go. Well, I'm actually and not being funny. I'm not just ignoring him like, oh, fuck you. No, like, not like when that. he calls me, I'm genuinely doing something that he may not know that I love to do. But there's a difference and I take that time going for out of your way because you feel obligated to yeah. do something and just doing it just because that's what you want to do. And another thing that's difficult, um, I text you and my mom last night and I was just checking with you guys and I was like, hey, you know, what do you do 
when someone tells you they love you and you may care about them, but you don't love them. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, I mean, in that, in this case, it's like with my dad, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he does love me, you know, regardless of what has happened, yeah. I'm his blood. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, it's not that I don't care for him, but it's hard to say I love you because I don't know him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, okay, as I build a relationship, as it builds up, maybe that's something I can say with honesty in my heart of feeling that right. way when the relationship has continued to build and grow. Yeah. Just don't stop him from saying it. Oh, like, no. Just accept it. No, I don't say that. That's what mom was saying. She's like, but just let him say it. Yeah. And she's like, you don't say nothing because I know you. And I was like, okay. Because yeah. he's oh Lord. But I, and I also want people to, to, to hear this part too, before we get into the topics, because we still really hadn't addressed the topics. These are a few things I just wanted to run over um, at the beginning of the episode before we jump into it too deep. Vulnerability is my strength. Vulnerability and telling shit on the podcast, mm-hmm. putting myself out there. And I, I want men, especially, to try to look at vulnerability as a strength. You know what I'm saying? Like right. learn something like about weird. yourself. Because if you learn something about yourself by giving, you know, information to other people, of course, that are close to you, mm-hmm. not just random people, but those people that are close to you that is given of themselves that you may not be given to, try to be more vulnerable. It'll help you out down the road. You'll learn more about yourself. Yeah. And That's sometimes that way to grow. Yeah. And that pent up anger you have, let that shit out through emotion so you don't have anger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You'll have some kind of understanding with yourself. I'm so glad you came to this point because when I used to try to be vulnerable with you and our friendship, you would always make it seem like it was a weakness. It was a weakness. It was a fucking illness to me. <laughs> And to me, it and again, was, I'm glad you're here now. But I've all, but the thing about it is, I've always to do this whole podcast. I've been vulnerable. You have. I've told my truth, so I've always been vulnerable. But the part about it is, you were wanting me to be vulnerable in a in an emotional point in an emotional state, and that's not because who you I were was. Some no, but I was sharing mine with you because you were somebody that I. You yeah, know, but you're an emotional person, so you were sharing no, no, all the no, time, no. man. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Let's not put that out there. With me, you I'm were an emotional person when it's people that I'm close and to. And that's why I said And it, it takes a while to get there. Yeah, I guess. I don't remember how long ago it was. It took, a, it took a while. Okay. What were we even talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember because you started de- uh, trying to debate. <laughs> I do want to talk about, uh, we're going to switch the gears a little bit and jump in Lovecraft Country. Yeah. If you motherfuckers have not watched Lovecraft Country on HBO, you're fucking missing out. Every now and again, we'll hit you guys. Share they log in with you. I'm telling you. Because you need to watch it. You know what? That may be the name of the podcast. Uh, Find somebody to share your login, a shared login. It may be the name of it. But Lovecraft Country with Jonathan Majors, uh, for one, when me and you first started watching it, his acting was. his acting alone was what made me be like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. But the, he had been in so, he, so many see, other movies. I, movies that I had not seen yet. And he's oh, been yeah. in several movies within the last three or four years. Yeah. Think about it is, if it ain't box office or blockbuster, Netflix and all these other little independent I ain't gonna lie. apps, like they release so much shit you can't keep up. I ain't gonna lie. I saw several of the movies that he was in prior to, but when there was one scene on Lovecraft Country, his body... Yeah, that drove me shape. to be like, let me find out more about him. So I looked him up. Well, that ain't what it was. He had acting skills. Yeah, he had acting skills, but on top of that, he was very attractive. Yeah. Um. So I was like, let me look him up, and lo and behold, he's actually from Dallas. Yeah. And he attended the Yale School of Drama, which instantly just made me proud. Real acting. Right. No play shit. Yale School and Juilliard. Yeah. Real acting. And he lives a low key lifestyle. Which I love too. I don't know about, about see. That's the thing about women. Women will go in and find the nigga's whole history. I can only imagine him sitting down at a table with somebody on a date, 
and trying to talk to him. They know everything about this nigga. No, he thinks see, he don't. Okay, that's that's one of the things that he talks about in an interview because they were asking him how come he doesn't have social media, mm-hmm. and he said that he wants his interactions to be genuine. He doesn't want anybody to feel like they know everything about him. Yeah, and we already know. Like even in my case, people hit me up and talk to me like they truly know everything about me. Yeah, that's the unfortunate and I, part. I consider myself to be a fairly private person, even being on a podcast. Yeah. I think I am, too. I give a lot on the podcast, but it is crazy how people think they know you. But Jonathan, I mean, Jonathan Majors, his acting skills, you should definitely watch. And then the Lovecraft Country, it shows the power of our people and the importance of knowing our history. It's mm-hmm. a scene. I like the way they cast him yes. out these demons and, you know, no offense to my white friends, but the white devils that are in there. Yes. Like, there was some devilish shit that was being done. It was one scene. Spoiler alert. Ain't my fucking fault. The, sh- the movie's out. The show's the show. out. <laughs> Spoiler alert, though, is one part where basically they were casting out the demons of this doctor who had killed several black people. And if you know anything about the Tuskegee experiment, they used to experiment penicillin on black mm-hmm. men and try to figure out what worked, this and that. They would use literally back in the days black bodies to try and figure out and further science. Uh, is it Henrietta Lack? The lady who Lacks. created cancer, lacks mm-hmm. uh, from some of her cells that was taken from her dead body. And they didn't tell her family or nothing until like a few years later. I think it was maybe I can't fact. You got to fact check me where they found out about it. But they had literally been using hearing out of lax cells to cure cancer and all kind of other shit for fucking years before anybody knew that this woman's cells had been taken and being used for science. Her family ain't getting no acknowledgement, no credit, no attribution and no money. Right. So this show talks about this type of shit Mm -hmm. where it's like they used to cut off our dicks and try and put it here and figure out why they dick so big. They take a baby head and put a baby head on a mom on a woman's like they used to do all of this shit. Feed our kids and babies to alligators like this. This show embodies all of this shit, but it embodies it from a perspective of taking the shit back. Mm -hmm. Like when Letty walked out and bust them fucking windows and they was playing that church music like we taking everything that the devil stole. Oh, them church songs. Be Man, they're hidden. That reminds me of the church that I grew up on. Yeah. Like foot stomping. Like, yes. even though you done, may not believe in <laughs> exactly. church the way you do, you felt like if the devil was real, the way they clapping, stumping and singing, right. you're going to run to whatever evil is in this building out. Yep. And they weren't afraid to take a stand with her. At all. That that moment of solidarity. Yeah. It's a lot of great black actors. The thing I, I give black movies and shows a lot of criticism because a lot of times they're poorly produced and poorly shot. With HBO, the thing that I loved about this was to see this kind of cinematic picture view. Mm-hmm. Lutz is on the camera. All this shit that makes the the movies and pictures amazing that normally white role, you know, white mm-hmm. people get. It's a black field role and cast with a good budget. With a great budget to do whatever the fuck you want, and then to see those cameras like on our skin, bouncing the light oh, off yeah. of it. My most powerful scene is when Atticus, he went to uh, Adam's house. And when I'm speaking of Adam, I'm talking Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. That's why I say you should watch it. It's even going back as far as the beginning of time. And it's Adam and he he's still on this earth and he's trying to figure out a way to get back to Eden. And they tried to withdraw the power from him. and this order of white men like KKK men. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to withdraw this power through uh, a ceremony and a sacrifice from Atticus, the yeah. black guy. 
But God damn it, when they tried to drain his power, it's so crazy. And that portal open and sees it and see it and sees it. And he saw his, he saw his ancestors mm-hmm. in that portal when they opened up that portal. But they thought they was they started smiling because they was like, yeah, we about to get this nigga power. Yeah, and yeah. then when he connected to his past, this yeah. is what I saw from it. When he reached through that portal, he connected to his past mm-hmm. and he connected to the power of his ancestors. And that shit eliminated the motherfuckers and killed them. And that's why it's so I important was to laughing so fucking hard yes. i'm telling you anytime i see black people win in a movie versus white people <laughs> and in real life against the evil white people and the evil doctrines and shit that's been built in this country mm-hmm. i'm loving it like mcdonald's Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. oh okay what that dude on that commercial <laughs> now the one they got he, he said so elegant he like Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. that's how i felt i have not seen that i'm one. loving it <laughs> so the next segment man we're gonna talk about he tried it this is something you brought to me um, but it's it, you brought it to me, but yeah, that's what I'm a part say. of this. So my oat, First I'm very particular all, about barbers. You go ahead. I introduced you. You did to a barber that I had been introduced a bitch to. nigga. Okay, can we get into the story before yeah, you go there? I hope he hears it oh too. Oh my god! So I introduced you to a barber that I had been introduced to mm-hmm. that my son fell in love with, mm-hmm. and he had been doing a good job. So I was like, okay, I know how particular you are. So you hit me up one day and was like, oh, I need a cut. And I was yeah. like, sent you the information. And I said, y'all can got, I trust y'all this motherfucker? Got off to a good start, though. Minus him slightly pushing my edge back a fourth of a quarter <laughs> of an inch. He was a pretty good barber. I would rate him at least a 7.5 or an 8. And that's very high. Yeah, for you. But y'all got y'all really got off to a good start. So yeah, it, su- it surprised me mm-hmm. when you started hitting me up and saying you couldn't get in touch with him. When he found out that I knew you and how I knew you. That's when it changed. But he already knew that I knew you because I told him. But that he didn't I was, know that we used to date. Well, until I said that. When I told that nigga. Because he yeah, asked me, after He was like, oh, this beautiful queen, this black queen, this blah, blah, blah. She's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, she good people, man. He's like, why are you speaking so chill? And I was like, we used to date. I was with her for six years. So, like. I ain't Quiet speak flex. To, no, I'm just saying. It wasn't no flex. It was just like, I get everything that you're saying. I know yeah. who she is. So, you know, that, and I didn't, that was it. And but, literally and so after, after stating that, that, that shit started to change, bro. And see, Every I time I would go over it. there to go get a haircut, like when the pandemic started, like, first of all, when the pandemic started and I had to get start getting a haircut from his house, like, I got one good haircut. Every time after that, bro, it was another time she came the day after me. I said, yo, I tried to pull up to the place. I was like, I'm here, bro. I'm here. Can you come down and let me in the building? He took his sweet ass time, so I left. I don't wait for no fucking body. You're going to get 10 minutes of my time of waiting, and then I'm leaving. This nigga texts me back. He told me, nah, bro. He said, you better not leave. I said, nigga, I don't know who the fuck you think you talking to. I'm leaving. You told me this. I've been here. I'm gone. Artiz had worked something out with him. She was like, he said, try it again. Three times after that, bro, I tried to get in contact with this nigga. This nigga never fucking got in contact with me to get my hair cut. So and then, forward. and then... The last time that he he stood me up, bro, Artesia came right after me. And she was like, well, he stood and came out on the balcony and, and came downstairs and he, got me. I said, yeah, he ain't doing that for me. He ain't standing on no balcony waving saying, here I am. He ain't coming downstairs to say, hey, let me come get you. So it ain't about the money. I told her, I said, this nigga wants me out of the picture because this nigga likes you. No, it's nothing like that. Fast forward, as you fucking say. Tell the rest of the goddamn story. So fast forward. Yeah, fast forward. Fast forward to the last time that I secured uh-huh. you an appointment yeah. and, and it was it supposed work. to go well. Mm-hmm. You still couldn't get in, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, no. On that day, he texted me before you were supposed to come, and he said, "Hey, I need to push Anthony's appointment back." Instead of hitting and me I up. said, "Okay, I'll let let me let him know, and I'll get back to you." Mm-hmm. So I reach out to you. You say it's okay. Hit him back. I don't know what happened me in neither, the span I still of those to five to ten minutes. Yeah, but he was like, "Never mind. I'll just text him and told him not to come because he had he got you texting me like." And I said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." He don't have me doing anything. You're a full grown woman. I'm trying to facilitate something to make it easier for him to get a haircut. That's it. Yeah. So he went on this whole thing like he was saving me. My mm-hmm. son had already peeped game because he was like, Mama, we like you. You was the only big dummy who didn't. No, <laughs> I knew, but I. Yeah, we you had, said the nigga name. No, my bad. I maybe I think Please, about bleeping no, it out. No, I need you to bleep it out. Bitch nigga. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> I knew he liked me, but we had had a conversation uh, and I told him what was up. And so I just, for me, I yeah. move on. That's that. Mm-hmm. But my son was like, every time you take me, he prolongs the haircut. Yeah, T, tell him. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Ty was right. <laughs> and then he was like, when my daddy take me, it's like pulling teeth to get him to talk. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> he bitch hit nigga. me up and he was like, I I never went back after Michael the situation Blackson, bitch with nigga. you. So he hit me back and he was like, hey, so you're not going to bring Ty back. And I told him, I said, I didn't appreciate the way that whole situation went down. Mm-hmm. I said, and you already know how loyalty works. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I can respect that. But does this mean that you're off limits? I said, Shoot you, your shot, bro. I said, you already know the answer to that. But in my mind, it was just confusing to think that you would be able to come in fly by night and come between somebody that I've known for I don't know how long. Uh, Ten plus years. Right. Bitch, nigga. I think about deleting that nigga name. Yes, please. Some delete people it. need to know this nigga name. No, please delete. Some people need to know, man. <laughs> I was not planning on saying. He got a New Orleans accent. <laughs> he is from New Orleans. Bitch niggas can get it all day. This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. As you can see, I'm a little perturbed. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Let's talk
mic so I saw you. I know. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't hear myself. <laughs> good mood, Spider. Good yes. mood. We're playing this song, man, because we want to say, first of all, RIP to the Black yeah. Panther, to Jackie Robinson, James Brown, to James Brown. <sighs> RIP to the homie Chad with Bozeman, man. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I think it caught everybody off guard. I know. And it literally was the, uh, what they say, the the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. of 2020 where everybody was, was just like, like really throw this shit away. Kobe. Yeah. Then it's like right after that, it was John Thompson of Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, it's so much shit. And, and for me, I think it bothered me because Black Panther, in my opinion, at 35 years old was the first time I really saw true representation of black people as a superhero. A superhero you could be proud right. of. You know what I'm saying? So and then on, for, on screen and off screen uh, and off screen mm-hmm. and to and to have kids of this new generation see that to to you know what I'm saying to be able to connect with something like that and then for me just like he was always about family he was a, a spiritual guy anytime you look around anything on social media before he passed mm-hmm. like everybody always spoke highly of him right every time he was on a TV screen he was humble. Also, he was dope in that movie Message to the King on Netflix. That oh, was yeah. one of my favorite movies where he was acting like a South African um, police officer who had came to America to find his sister mm-hmm. who had got, uh, I think she was in sex trafficking ring. Yeah, and most recently, um, Five, Five Bloods. Bloods. Now, yeah. I didn't watch that, but I may I may have to pull it up he and He had a very emotional it. scene. It's like when you go back and rewatch the movie. Because you know now. why. Exactly. To know that he did all those fucking roles while he had fucking cancer mm-hmm. having chemo going through all these all surgeries, surgeries and, yeah. and ups and downs and not being funny for colon cancer yeah and the reason that's also close to me uh, uh one of my old friends um me and his dad was very close and he passed away from colon cancer about two years yeah. ago so like when i heard about that i was just like so many black men mm-hmm. die from colon cancer whether it's because of you know early detection we don't go and take you know get we don't go and uh, get the treatment or go get to the doctor to get diagnosed or to get these checkups to learn what we need to eat, what we don't need to eat. Right. And Kenny Smith on um, NBA TV, he talked about on um, TNT, he was talking about how Chadwick Boseman wrote a 26 page letter to his family and friends mm-hmm. before he passed away, referencing how to live, mm-hmm. how to eat how to be happy, how to do all these things as if he knew, you know what I'm saying, this day was coming. And I think we need to take our health a little bit more serious, you know, not just from the outside and saying, hey, I want abs or I I want to work out or I look good. Like, like, like I told you, with me getting ready to start school again, it's like I'm trying to eat foods that are true brain foods. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to eat things that will truly give me energy, the proper amount of red meat, the proper amount of protein, the proper amount of hydration. Right. Make sure I'm taking my vitamins and, and actually walking adequately. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to the doctor last week and they were like, oh, your cholesterol's high. Well, I need to figure out that. Now, I know why, because when they gave me the list of things, I do everything I'm supposed to do, but I do smoke a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's not cancer sticks. But they were just saying, you know, it can be whatever if you drink, you know, if you don't drink a, the proper amount of water to kind of balance it out. Yeah. So take care of it. I, I'm going to get that. But chat with Bozeman, man. Um, it was t- it was a tough pill to swallow. Honestly. I couldn't watch Black Panther. They they played it this week on TV and they played the whole movie like without any breaks and I couldn't even watch it. But one thing I do agree with people and I'll let you say what you're about to say before we mm-hmm. move on is I told people do not fucking get another black panther and if you do get another black panther oh yeah revive killmonger 
and no, let Killmonger that was one of the things be I read the motherfucking the, Black Panther man. Yeah, I read in an article that that was one of the options that they were they need to toying around with or letting um I forgot her name but his sister take on that role. Yeah, because they be said that aligns with the actual with the comic book. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because the sister takes on the power, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Like right. she was dope with it and not being funny. I mean. Five years ago, I remember, I think it was at the Emmy Awards or the Oscars, they was like, the future is female in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. God damn it, have they done a great job from yeah. Wonder Woman to fucking The Hands Maze Tale to uh, the Black Sister, the, the Black Sister Army in Black Panther. And, oh, yeah. You know, uh, fucking, uh, what's that dude named Peel? Oh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele mm -hmm. and all these movies he's made and putting people like Lapita Youngo and all these people yeah. in prime positions to be what they are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it is amazing. Not even just black women, but to see white women and other races of women be in the limelight because also, whether you know it or not, women, there is a part of the government and a part of America and white men who don't want to see you flourish as well. Right. I'll say this before moving on to, to, to letting you have the floor. Uh, when you speak about race and when you speak about the injustices, mm -hmm. I want everybody that's not a white man to really look at it and say, am I getting everything I'm due? And I'm telling you, if you look at statistics and look at them for yourself, mm -hmm. not what they give us. If you look at statistics, the only people who are set up to flourish in this company or I mean, in this country, company. I mean, it's one, big company. it's one big company. <laughs> the country is rich white men, right? Even white men that are on my level you know, of education or whatever else, they don't want y'all to do nothing either. It's rich white men, forefathers of this country, certain families that they are only looking to be successors. Yep. Think about it. You ain't got nothing to say about Chadwick Boseman? No, I was just saying it was a tough pill to swallow. The thing that got me was I know, you got kids. Yeah. And my son, he texted me and he was like, mama, he was like, my heart is hurting. Yeah. Um, But the thing that got me was also like closer towards the time of his passing yeah. he had lost a lot of weight and people were you know about talking that. about him a lot and you know social media is cruel anyways yeah. so but now in hindsight just look back and read some of those comments i don't know if he was watching them or yeah. like that had it's to be disheartening tough. to, to talk yes. i mean and not being funny i'm guilty yeah. I'm guilty because I remember watching him on the shop. Mm -hmm. I didn't dog him, but I was like, is he doing something for Little Richard? Because he had his hair yeah. and then he was super skinny. And I think at that time I tried to search and see. But and that's the other thing that the I wanted to point out, too. You talk like, about Jesus. This crowd, nigga never said a mumbling word, nor did his people. And that's. Can I get a circle like that? Yes. To where I can say something and it doesn't go anywhere. That's it. That is very rare. That's why I said shout out to his camp mm -hmm. and the people around him. Yep. I don't know if his camp has some kind of web series or um, what, like those little online master classes on yeah. how to do that, but they need to talk to Kanye's people <laughs> and, and, and maybe create a camp in Hollywood where they teach motherfuckers how to keep things hush, thing hush, hush and not run it to TMZ and everything right. else because they did an amazing job on shutting the fuck yes. up yep. and keeping that shit low key. Before we get out of here and bring Casey and Frank in, we're going to talk about boundaries versus controlling what do you mean when you brought this to me? Because I, I I didn't get to this one. No, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier this week and they were talking about setting boundaries in their relationship. And to me, it sounded like the boundaries was just like downright control. Yeah. Because they were talking about monitoring their significant other social media. Ain't gonna happen. Like uh, having access to their DMs. Ain't gonna happen. All, and I, 
in my mind, I'm like, if you have to do all that, it's not a relationship that you need. Nobody should have to, yeah, nobody should have to tell you how to act in a relationship. Like when you're in a relationship and it's somebody that you really want to be with, you kind of automatically start doing things on your own. You do. Like I heard somebody say, and I I don't know if we were watching something or if I heard something from somewhere, but they said, if you want to be good to your woman, act the way Act the way you would act in front of her when she's not around. Yeah. Act was, as if she's always there. Act we, as if Jesus watching. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what it. you should do. What would Jesus do? So I just wanted to pose the question, at what point does setting boundaries actually become controlling behavior? At that point. <laughs> at all those points. And then with your insecurity, I mean, all of this is just an insecure person to me. Yeah. Like, I think when me and you were together, that's the last relationship I was in. So it's like having friends of the opposite sex, that didn't matter to me. Yeah. And it was many times that you told me that you had friends that may have looked at you a certain way. And I was like, well, that's on them. And likewise, as long as there was a respect factor there, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But this is the thing, too. I, I don't know. I was on a few. I saw it on a meme with Future. And it was like, <laughs> it was like nobody can holler at your bitch. Like nobody can unless she's allowing it. Right. No matter how much game or how much shit you exactly. throwing at her. Nobody. You can't be. Don't be mad at the person trying to holler at your person. Yeah. Be mad at her if she allows it or if he allows it. Yeah. I mean, we even, after me and you broke up, it was somebody in our somewhat circle who shot, they shot at you. And I remember when you told me about it, you asked me about it. And I was like, I mean, if you feel like he cool, that's up to you. And it wasn't necessarily something you wanted to do. But when you told me, I was just like, that don't bother me. Yeah. Like it just showed me who that person was. But for me, I was just like, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Because I mean, I already knew and I knew the dude. So he was a son. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he was a son, bro. Like, no, no, no doubt. Like, you know how niggas be like, I was sunning these niggas. He was a son, bro. This nigga been trying to be me at every fucking move, and I'm nobody. Be somebody that's bigger and better. I'm reckless. That ain't what you want. And on that note, we gon' Yeah, because I heard Frank, yeah, Frank got there. All I hear is Frank. <laughs> right. <laughs> nigga, get away from the goddamn wall when you listen to this shit. All right, for, uh, Spider, take us out this, man. We gonna go get, and get these motherfuckers and bring them in here. Like most of my running around was when I was single. Like the way my mom raised me, like I've just, you won't find one woman that's like, this nigga was an absolute cheater. He did this. It's never been me and I'm proud to fucking say that. Now, did I get out single? Yeah, and run them numbers. Like Shane and Sharp said, yeah, Skip. Yeah. (laughs) Shay Shay. You know what I'm saying?